Hey there, cool cats and kittens. Welcome to A Girl Talks, episode six, Why Tiger King is Not Blackfish for Big Cats. I bet you weren't expecting that, were you? I'm sure by now we have all watched Tiger King on Netflix. I know I did. Uh, My boyfriend and I, we binge watched it. It was very entertaining. Uh, Not going to argue that. Um, It was very majestic to watch. And it was a lot of information and stories to take in. And for me, as an animal lover, there was a lot of things that I wanted to discuss and I wanted to say. And not just on an Instagram post, not on a story, which is why I am making this episode here on my podcast that the girl talks. And I purposely chose to wait a few weeks after this series has been out, mainly because I did not want this podcast to fall in the many hashtags of this series um, because I want this to be a conversation. I want this to be a discussion. I want there to be information. And um, as an advocate for animals, I really wanted this to be done right and get the highlight and respect that it deserves versus it being, oh, just another Joe Exotic post because it's not about Joe. It really needs to and should be The original intent, which was about the animals, the tigers. Speaking of tigers, I have a large admiration and love for the species. Um, As I mentioned, I love animals. And big cats are really one of my favorites. Um, They're so exotic. They're so majestic. They're so beautiful. They're so strong at the same time and so fierce and so dangerous, but can be so gentle and loving and caring and are about family and pride and all those good things um, that encompass that that beast. It's it's beautiful, it's, a, it's an exquisite blend of all of that, which is why I got a tiger tattooed on me at the age of 17, my very first tattoo. It's the face of a tiger looking out of the body of a butterfly. There is so much meaning behind it, um, but we'll get to that maybe in another conversation. Right now, it's about this series. It's about the people in the series. It's about the people responsible making the series, and it especially is about these beautiful animals that we don't really see too much addressed on their well-being, their livelihood, and where in fact the issue is. Um, I think in the documentary they said various times, which, you know, for, for people listening to the first time, they may not understand or it may not stand out, but for people that do follow endangered species and know what's going on around the world, you catch it a few times being spoken about how there are more captive exotic big cats in the United States than in their own natural habitat around the world. And that is a big issue. And although they mentioned it a few times in the documentary series, I don't think it was something that the large population really grasped on and really understood. And the reason why I say that is just by pure observation. There were more memes that were funny, that were empowering, that were trending, that had absolutely nothing to do with the well-being of these big cats 
than the memes that should have been. There should have been more memes to put voices for these animals that didn't have a voice in this whole seven episode series on Netflix, Tiger King. The complete focus was completely sideswipe. I mean, you had celebrities like Cardi B putting up memes because let's all agree on one thing. There were a lot of funny things about this series, a lot of interesting characters and a lot of crazy scenarios. What was there not to talk about? Had there been more information, like the subtle ones that they added in the whole series, and if they would have really, really put that magnifying glass over it, then the conversation and direction would have been completely different. Again, think about it. There are more animals in captivity, living in cages, being fed by humans in just the United States than the whole entire world in their natural habitat. That's insane. Why is that okay? How is that okay? These animals are being hunted for sport in their natural wildlife habitat. These animals are not flourishing because of the climate change that is occurring. Uh, less rain, more heat, more drought, um, less greens, less less animals. It's, it's scary, it's sad, and it's a shame. There's so much that can be done that we as a society as a whole can participate and help help nature flourish as it should, and so that we can all live harmoniously together. Um, this whole pandemic is very tragic, but we can see the vast effects, the positive effects it has had for the earth. Literally, I saw an article where it said that the ozone that was open has now sealed because there is less pollution in the air. The acidity in the water has also become less. Um, there, th this will be a whole nother episode on a Girl Talks podcast. Um, but just, just keep that in the back of your mind as we continue moving forward with how this documentary was definitely not a blackfish version for big cats. And for those that don't know what blackfish is, it was a documentary about whales and how we can help the whales and how vital they are and all of that. Um, it's a very good documentary. It really stuck and focused on the issue and it really um, put things into perspective in the minds of everyone that watched. And it was also vastly discussed and it also was very viral back in the day when it came out. In the Netflix series Tiger King, it tells the story of Mr. Maldonado, also known as Joe Exotic, um, from being this small-time roadside zoo owner to one of the biggest tiger breeders in the United States that then you find out is in jail and is a felon for attempted murder, um, who's being sued by Carol Basket, the woman that he apparently paid someone to hire for murder. Um, she is a well-known activist in the, the animal community for the big cats, and she is the owner of a very big rescue uh, for big cats and um, has this sanctuary that's based out of Florida. Uh, Joe 
he became so obsessed with this woman and vice versa. Um, she and him had this rivalry that went on for years. Their followers, their audience, their subscribers or viewers, they all knew. If, if, they, if you knew Joe, then you knew about Carol. If you knew Carol, then you definitely knew about Joe. And the whole rooted issue was that Carol did not like what Joe was doing and Joe did not like the hypocrisy behind Carol. Um, we'll get into that. But he also was in almost every episode that he had for his TV series was opening up the case of her missing husband who he claimed she had killed. And that was really been this whole, you know, drama, big soap opera, you know, type of vibe of the whole series. You know, you get lost in these two and then you get lost in some of the other characters, which again, I cannot argue, I got lost while watching it. I did too. I was just so in awe by some of these 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 lifestyles and some of their mindsets that you know, how can you think about the big cats? You forget that you're watching this documentary for them and that it's supposed to be about them because it 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 so suddenly just does not exist anymore. Even though they're in every clip, you see them with Joe, you see them with Carol, you see them almost in every visual you see them, either in the background or with someone or, you know, a clip in there. And even though we're seeing them and even though they're there, they're forgotten. And, and, that's, and that's why it's so sad. And I just banged my hand on the desk because I am speaking with my hands and I'm so passionate about this. But it is, it is so sad. And what's even more sad is that in some twisted way, the series creates like this glamorous lifestyle around the tiger's ownership, around tiger petting, around these animals living in captivity and getting able to watch and see them and touch them and be close to them. But that's just not right. It's, there's so many levels of wrong. And what's even more interesting is how the series in some way almost makes Joe Exotic a personality that like has these these characteristics of like heroism. It's crazy because you know you find yourself thinking justice for Joe, justice for Joe, justice for Joe. He's in there, it's not right, you know, she did it. And I for a brief second even thought this woman completely murdered her husband. Um what is he doing in jail and she's not because you get so lost in all this drama. There was a pivotal point where Joe um, exposes Carol, and this happens later on in the series, for having married a man, you know, the man that that is alleged murdered by her, by, you know, that's as per Joe's theory, um, how she married a man that owned a tiger uh, captive petting location. Um, and how she was all about uh, getting these tigers bred and and selling them to the market. Um, and that was really just a turning point for me. I was like, what? But you then have to look back and take a few steps and realize that with time, people grow, people change. And um, just because people create 
things in the past that were quote unquote wrong as per who is watching and hears the whole scenario, um, it's unfair to completely label this woman as the woman she was when she got out of an abusive relationship and married this man who completely swept her off her feet. That was a womanizer and businessman who she loved and supported in his dreams and aspirations and she wanted to be a part of because she fell in love with these animals. And it was by leaving the situation that she realized that she was doing something completely wrong and she wanted to turn her life around. And and that's kudos to her. You know, whether she murdered him or not, that's not my business. That's the business of, you know, uh, the federal government that will investigate on this. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, the police officers that invested their time on it. Again, there are lots of theories. There, there were a few little hiccups in the documentary, which I think the creators purposely seasoned them in there because, you know, they randomly came up out of nowhere. Um, and, and, and they could have just... It's how they edit it. You know, people don't realize that, you know, reality TV shows are not real. Sometimes they're scripted. Most of the time they are. Um, but a lot of the things they twist and they turn and they, you could say something one way and they can edit and alter it in a whole different way. Um, it's very, very true. And in this documentary, I know that it, it, the reason why there were instances where she even said, oh, that tiger was not going to eat Joe. If that tiger was going to eat Joe, you know, all you got to do is rub some fish oil on the chews so that he can get, you know, bitten and devoured. But really what it was is that it found his shoes and boots interesting. It was, it, it was like, I know at that moment I was like, she murdered her husband. But again, you got to kind of fall back. And think about what is it that we're really talking about? We're talking about something we have no business talking about, you know. Um, and I feel like Tiger King was definitely um, uh, something that glamorized Joe, where it was hard not to like him with the information that we had. Um, it's post-information that you then learn, that you realize, um, like, for example, He's not the one singing in any of these records that we heard. I thought, oh my God, he had this beautiful voice. What was he doing? Just trying to, he could have been famous off of being a country star. You know, this is, this is the impression that Tiger King uh, creators left all of us with until we found out the truth that that wasn't Joe. He hired people to sing for him. And then you kind of feel like gypped. You kind of feel like, oh my God, he totally Millie Vanilli to me. And for those that are too young to understand Millie Vanilli, you can Google what I mean. And for those old enough, you get it, right? You get it. Um, and then there are other things that they then find out um, that you didn't know that Joe literally, once these tigers were quote unquote too large, too big, too grown to be kept in his facility, that he would then euthanize them, whether it was legally euthanized or illegally all because, you know, they weren't cute enough, suitable enough. They It cost money to feed them. And they might have pinpointed it a little bit 
um, but they didn't put it in those words specifically till much after the documentary. And you realize that is so awful. That is so evil that you are breeding these animals. Not all of them are being sold, which is really messed up. They're being sold to put in other caves that other cages that you don't even know people can actually, um, are equipped to take care of this, this type of animal or will they take care of this kind of animal? Um, or will they just have them as, as a, uh, you know, rug mat somewhere in their mansion. Um, so, you know, these are things that then come to light and, and you realize that, no, this man is not a hero. This man is not a victim. The real victim are these animals, are these big cats, which we then forget. We forget in seven episodes, which was like seven to eight hours. I don't know, give or take. And we forget. Because we, we are so invested on these other people, especially their star, Joe. I mean, these creators were so smart that they even had celebrities cameo in this, this documentary, which I'm curious to find out, did Shaq ever consent for them to use his image or likelihood in this documentary? Because in it, you see him. You see him, not with Joe, but one of the other more quote-unquote prestigious tiger breeders, um, Dr. Don, Dr. Something, I'm not sure, but it was Dr. He, he's not even a real doctor, but they call him doctor, um, that, that you see him petting a cub. You see him with the tigers. You see him having a whole ball. You see that big smile on that big man and, and, and you almost get lost and you think, oh my God, you know, I would love to, to, to touch a baby tiger. I would love to have a selfie with a cub. I would love to play and feed with one. You know, um, this doctor, the same doctor guy, you don't really, um, see the, the, the tiger that he used in the Britney Spears music video, but you find out that, she she used them. She used them in one of the MTV uh, awards, and um, and it's there. It's there on a chain leash, and it's there. The whole world was watching, and it wasn't really talked about. It, social media, especially back then, wasn't a thing, um, and and people did not know how to use their social media platforms as voices. Most of the time, you only heard of PETA and other organizations that claim to be full advocates for um, animals and endangered species. And if you weren't following their blogs or their websites or their following, then you would really know. It would, it would literally just fall between the cracks is what I'm trying to say. And, and it's sad because, again, the, the creators of the series, they knew exactly what they were doing. They definitely had to have known that if we put a celebrity in there, then more people are going to be inclined to figure out, you know, what ways they can go about doing this. And if they do get a chance to pet a tiger, maybe they'll shout us out. Maybe they'll hashtag Tiger King because they made it very clear that it's about the marketing. It's about the popularity. It's about the trending. It's about their documentary doing well, which means their pockets do well, which means there will be another part two to this whole thing. And it means more money. And that's why we as a society need to be a little bit wiser. I get it. We've been stuck at home. We have been in quarantine. There's been nothing to watch. We've watched a lot of old reruns. A lot of the series that we were already watching that we've been up to date are now done and we have to wait till the next season and who knows when that will be. So this was definitely a very uh, easy 
thing to fall into. It was very easy to keep us entertained. It was very uh, fascinating to watch. It was in some way uh, soothing, but it also gives the bigger perspective of, of society and where it is right now. And where it is right now is it's, it's we are trying to keep it together. We're trying to not get lost in this fear of this pandemic. We are trying to find light in things. And um, hopefully once this pandemic is over and done with, we cannot forget what conversation is most important to have had. And that again, and I will say it, a plethora of times throughout this podcast is the tigers, the big cats. Case in point, President Trump, when asked by a reporter if he would be willing to pardon Joe, um, Trump said that he wasn't familiar with the case, but that he would, and I quote, look into it, which is mind-bottling that one, he gave it light to talk about, but two, um, when Carol and man a, a, a prestigious documentary filmmaker um, approached Trump um, in regards to exposing, you know, this whole illegal wildlife trade that's going on in, in the United States. Um, he told her and he said that the end product lacked any clear conversation. Meanwhile, he's literally having a conversation about one, something he hasn't even watched or know about, and two, missing the whole opportunity of of allowing and partnering up on a film that has lots of clear conversation and lots of message. So it was completely, it completely has gone over his head um, to do it the right way. And and by him giving knowledge or acknowledging this, 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 this Netflix series, it almost allows people by curiosity, because we're all curious creatures, let's face it, that's part of being human, um, to go and seek out more information about this documentary that has absolutely nothing to do with the title, Tigers. It just it's 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 mind bottling and it's baffling and it's a representation of of our society and we have to really take a good look in the mirror and really take responsibility of what is happening um, because we are part of the problem but we could be part of the solution and that's that's easier than being part of the problem you know we're doing so much and creating so many issues which is creating bigger problems for us in the future. When we can be part of the solution and that can be so easy and so effortless, like it's not, it's not torturous. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, like this whole pandemic, um, I know no one loves to stay home and no one loves to their whole routine to be completely changed. And they, they hate having to not be able to work, not be able to shop, not be able to socialize, but come on, is that really that hard to ask? just to be home while this whole thing to help, you know, uh, decrease the curve of this, this virus that is lethal and killing thousands and thousands of people worldwide and here in the United States. Is it that gravid? 
Is it that torturous? Is it that much? Actually, it takes less effort to be part of the solution than to be out there protesting and jeopardizing your life and the life of your neighbor and your family and the people you love. That takes more work. That negativity takes more more work. Um, so yeah, so we need to really take a good look in the mirror, people, um, because we can be part of the solution and not just the problem. Back to this documentary. Documentaries meant to be about animals and the environment, really what happens, they help promote positive change. Because how can you not promote a positive change when you're literally engaged with what the conversation's about and about the natural world of wildlife? Um, Blackfish, as I mentioned early on, um, it did such an amazing job. Some of the examples of what happened that were positive changes after this film was released was that SeaWorld's stocks, there it fell. It fell. And then in 2016, the, they announced that it would end its orca breeding program and it would end their their shows of, of whales and of, of dolphins. And that was a huge impactful change, a meaningful change, which is what the intent of the documentary was. When um, the Mr. Good and Miss Kalinkin declined to be interviewed, these are the creators of, um, of Tiger King, they declined uh, being interviewed, as did the representatives for Netflix, because it's without a doubt that this was not a documentary about wildlife, neither about the animals. Um, and it's sad because, again, a lot of these documentaries and films do produce positive changes and positive feedbacks. Now, that's not always the case. I'm not sure if any of you have watched the documentary, The Cove. Um, it's about the annual dolphin hunt in the village. It's a small village in Japan. Um, it sparked so much rage. I mean, I watched the documentary. It made me sick to my stomach. It made me want to jump out of my couch and do something immediately. Um, I spoke about it. I would, I'm not even kidding for months and months and months. Um, it bothered me so much. Um, but the creator and directors of, of this who were planning to film a part two of the aftermath of, of this, this whole you know documentary, um, they said that the cove provoked such a backlash that they weren't expecting um, from people that defended these fishermen. Um, he basically said when, when, when people... Uh, say that the way of life of another culture is wrong and what it is they choose to eat is wrong, that it triggers an emotion. And that's true. For somebody that is very sensitive about their weight and weight issues and food and has a really interesting relationship with it, such as myself, um, for those that never heard my first podcast, I talk about my battles with with weight issues and I talk about, um, and, and it, it triggers emotions. If somebody says, you know, why don't you just eat eat this. It's, it's not going to make you fat. And for whatever reason, I'm in that mood. Um, it can trigger something and, and rightfully so. Um, I have worked very well uh, around treating those type of trigger uh, topics, but for other people, I can understand how it can trigger anger and being defensive and all these other emotions um, because people 
around the world choose to live and practice their culture differently than others. Um, you know, people in Japan, some people don't even care about whaling. Like they don't care. And they felt like their country, their people were being attacked for, for being who they are. And um, that's one of the backlashes that a documentary that whose intent was really for the good turned out to be bad. And I'm not even sure if a part two of this film was ever made because of the backlash of it. Um, I'll look into it and I'll let y'all know. But, you know, that sucks. Uh, and, 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 and this is why documentaries can be good or bad. And Tiger King, for me, I have to classify it as being bad. Even though the intent was never meant to be good, um, I'm, <laughs> this is why it comes to no surprise why to me it is bad. It is definitely bad propaganda. It's definitely all about money. It's all about trending. And that's bad. And that's very selfish because we need to think again about the animals whose life is supposed to be the main topic. And it's not. It was completely a total fail. You know, there were a lot of a lot of critics who feared that the um, narrative of Joe really put him into a, like, again, I mentioned it earlier, a victim. Um, even I found myself thinking, wow, this guy deserves justice. Not putting into perspective that you know, this was not just a small hearing at a small courthouse with a small judge. Um, really, the man was under investigation, the FBI. We forget that there wasn't incriminating evidence. There was actual clear-cut evidence of 45 minutes to an hour recording where, you know, Joe discusses plans to have this person murder Miss Baskin. And, and if that's not enough proof, then I don't know what is. Um, I know that the uh, attorney of, of the District of Oklahoma had lots to say. You know, he said that you know, he believed that the Department of Justice are satisfied with the conviction, that there was enough evidence, and um, the trial testimony fully supports their verdict and that nothing will be reopened or nothing will be changed. Um, but this is a clear-cut example of what a, a documentary done the wrong way can do. It can skew uh, the public to using their social media in the wrong way. Again, they're not talking about the tigers. They're not talking about, you know, um, um, what should be done for these animals. They're talking about what should be done for Joe. And that's the reaction that social media had. Um, they, they had a lot of sympathetic feelings towards Joe. Um, and again, there were times that I felt bad for the man. I mean, the man's husband, one of his husbands, killed himself, whether it was by accident, whether it was intentional, we won't know. Um, but we forget to think about the impact that this one man had on so many lives. You know, we have one of his living spouses, um, ex-spouses, mentioned that he had always identified straight, but it was the 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 pitch of lifestyle, the the persistence of Joe that made him have to feel that he needed to be gay in order to have this lavish lifestyle and and, and partake in this majestic uh, lifestyle. And um, that 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 only a manipulator does, not not someone who I think that should be 
portrayed as a victim here. I mean, he clearly manipulated a lot of people. I mean, even the person that, that had their arm devoured came back to work the next day. Like they, they, they chose to have their arm completely amputated versus having, you know, treatment and all these other things. Because at one point he felt a huge loyalty towards Joe. Um, he did not want to jeopardize his business. He did not want to jeopardize having to lose these cats. He did not want Joe to um, go bankrupt. He cared about Joe. Um, and, and when someone's arm gets chewed off and you decide to not have it put back and do all these things to save your arm, but rather thinking about someone else, then that is really a clear picture of how um, manipulative Joe can be and and how he is and and who he was and um that speaks a lot about him um in regards to him choosing to shoot animals and having people believe that it was for their own good because they were suffering and now years later when they realize you know what that was actually a young healthy tiger um it creates a lot of anger for those that were immediately close to this man and rightfully so because you realize you were living in a lie. Your your reality was manipulated and conskewed in a way that had you um, partake and behave in, in a way that just wasn't sound. And truth be told, I don't really know why anyone, given the facts, would side with Joe. I don't know why, given the facts, would feel empathy towards Joe. Here's a grown man that knew exactly what he was doing and it led him to where he is now. We cannot feel sorry for him what we need to be sorry for are the peoples that he victimized, are the animals that were victims. They are the true victims in this whole narrative of this documentary, which seems to have gotten murky and lost in every episode as it continued to glamorize this character versus exposing his true nature, which was the original intent. And granted, sometimes these documentaries will um, exaggerate things, will, you know, skew some things to have you feel something. Um, but, you know, Mr. Good and Miss Chalankins, they really went too far. They went too far and they went too far left um, in making this person be the victim because that is far from reality. That is far from the truth. I mean, come on. They literally painted Miss Baskin to be a murderer. Like, they should not have done that. They should not have done that. Um, you know, she is an advocate. She is one of the leading forces out there that works day in and day out to ban cub petting, to, 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 to bring down these type of establishments, um, to phase out, you know, private big cat ownerships um, by pushing a bill, creating a bill, fighting for that bill to to, to move forward. Um, that is currently, by the way, it is currently under review um, in the White House. So that's, that's big moves. You know, I love it when people, you know, walk their talk and talk their walk, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's, it's crazy how this documentary really had her pinpointed as solely just this murder that is out there, um, and, and beat the system. Um, it's, it's speculation, it's rumors, it's, you know, um, 
all these he said, she said type of things. But at the end of the day, the case has been closed. Like I said, will it get reopened? I don't know. That's not my business until it does and it comes out and I have more information. I can talk about it some more. Were there times that I felt like, oh my God, she's completely incriminating herself? Yes. But now looking back, I realized that it was just really the directors doing what they do best, which is making people look bad, making people talk, making people watch, having their investment for every minute, for every second, for every hour. I'm not going to lie. Once we were done with this, this, the, the episodes, we were going to watch it all over again, you know, because we were just like, there must be things that we missed. You know, it became this whole like unsolved mystery thing. And again, it completely went over our heads um, because we were so lost with it. Maybe, you know, being living during this pandemic has a lot to do with it. Maybe it was just how well done, you know, the director's true intent was, which was to cause this type of reaction. Um, who knows? But all I know is that um, the woman had her life threatened multiple times on various platforms. A lot of people knew about it. Um, Joe hired someone to kill her. Um, and that is a real big issue. That is not only social media bullying, but that's also terroristic threats. And um, as someone in the public eye, um, it, <laughs> It's wrong. It is so wrong. Um, it is so wrong to expose where a person lives. It's so wrong to expose their routine. It's so wrong to dig up their past and try to, you know, tell their story um, when it's not yours to tell. I saw a video where Carol Baskin's living spouse, her current spouse, um, mentioned that that they felt lied. They felt completely lied to. Um, again, they were told that this documentary was to um, bring down people like Joe to help um, highlight um, and put a magnifying glass on what it is they're doing with this bill um, to help secure social media in having a conversation for these animals. Um, but instead, um, he mentioned that they just falsely created this narrative where she, you know he and his wife um, kept these animals in small cages that um, people were coming in almost every day and they were monetizing and making money off of these animals. You know, he basically said that this whole documentary presented him and his wife in this false narrative that basically made them and people like them no different than Joe and the people like Joe, when that can be so far from the truth. They, you know, He explained in this video that I remember watching where he was literally, you could tell this man was broken. You could tell he was going to you know, once the whole thing was done, he was going to go cry because, you know, his wife is definitely being completely the butt of all jokes and, and targeted by, by so many people. And, um, you know, it, it's painful. It's painful when someone you love is hurting and it's painful when people, um, think badly about you. Um, he clarified that, that, that scene in, in the documentary, you know, wasn't a everyday weekly type of thing. Um, they do this once a year and all the money that they are able to raise, they are able to put back into the animals, put back into this bill, put back into, put back into helping 
these big cats, which is not what the documentary uh, clarified on or even focused on at all. What the creators of the documentary did focus on was paying six people that were interviewed for the film um, to which were major roles of the story, have claimed that they were paid hundreds to thousands of dollars in cash. Now, yes, um, one of the creators of the documentary film, whatever you want to call it, um, they said that, no, they only were paid for uh, licensing rights and, you know, archiving footages and not for the interviews, but six people that were interviewed argue otherwise. Um, when you have that bit of information, you realize that a lot of the times if someone's offering you cash money and you know the direction that they're trying to get at, you kind of start to alter things just to please them. And, and sometimes in interviews, people will re-ask the question because they're not satisfied with the answer. And even though the answer is completely authentic and it's real and it's true, you start to realize that it becomes completely different and it's stretched. Um, you see a lot of this happening when you see these documentaries of people admitting to murder because they're, they're making their statement. They're saying, I didn't kill this person. And after, you know, uh, 12 hours of being held up in a room and being afraid and you just want to get out you know you see these people just fall into I did it so it's 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 not hard to to see and connect the dots that when someone's paying you cash for an interview and they're interviewing you and, and the whole intent is to walk out with thousands of dollars you're gonna feed them what it is they want to get fed otherwise you're not going to be pocketing that money so this goes to show you that nothing about this quote unquote documentary is valid. So clearly there is these, these blurred lines between documentary the way it's supposed to be and this whole reality TV scripted um, narrative, um, which, which sets a tone. Um, it sets a tone now moving forward because Again, I don't know if this series documentary went big because of all these elements that fed people this this thing about it, you know, had this it thing. Um, or if it's just because people were just so bored at home during this quarantine and it was just like, oh my God, I have nothing else. This was great. This is amazing. Let's talk about it. Um, I do know I, uh, some of my friends watched it and, and they hated it. I think a lot of them, um, their routine has not changed. Some of them still have to get up and go to work. Um, they're essential workers, they're first responders. So it could possibly just be a social thing, a thing of, of, of how the majority of people are at home, completely bored, completely afraid, and they lean towards something that was entertaining um, and it drawed them in. Um, because some people were completely not impressed. Um, I know that I was like, wait, what are you talking about? But my routine has drastically changed as opposed to getting ready to walk on a red carpet every other day or walk up into a radio station to talk about um, my next uh, project. Um, I've been home 
uh, just here. Yes, uh, my boyfriend and I have figured out a routine so that we don't lose our minds. Um, and I hope that everyone that is listening to this podcast is home, is safe, um, finds a routine, seeks a way to be able to use their time wisely, um, and maybe pick up the conversation where it was last left uh, to put and give these animals a voice. Um, I know it took me a while to create this podcast since the last episode, um, but mainly because I had to collect my thoughts. I really wanted to give it justice. And um, hopefully it can, uh, again, it could be a conversation you can have with a friend, a family member, and pick it up and, and really be part of the motion that should have occurred, which is create this wave, the same wave uh, the people and the creators of Blackfish were able to do for these animals, um, for these whales, that it can be done for these tigers and these other animals that are kept in captivity. Um, we've seen apes, we saw elephants, we saw giraffes, we saw all these exotic animals that should not be living in that type of space that should not be dependent on a human being on whether they have enough funds to be able to feed them to be able to take care of them now with all this being said i don't want to be like slightly bad for having liked it watched it and being entertained this was specifically curated with that intent to be entertainment um so yeah you know we were entertained um and I, I just want clearly to just make it be known that its moral debitiousness is part of why it was so successful. Um, it's a show that it's almost impossible to watch without, you know, forming or developing a connection to a character or an opinion to a situation and then talking about it you know and ranting about it all over social media like I said celebrities were doing it we were all doing it but anything that's worth that time that we invested that time that we gave of our lives you know pandemic lockdown quarantine whatever you want to call it um it's probably worth thinking about a little bit closely and deeply. You know, that tiger gives so much opportunity to think about these immoral ethics that are happening around the world um, that people are participating on and causing a cause and effect in the world that we live in, in the environment, the climate, this this earth we share with these beautiful species. Um this ultimate reaction that we've had over the show, um, it's, it's probably worth contemplating by itself. How did it um, completely sideswipe us when everything we needed to know was right in front of our faces, in the title, present at all times, but we still lacked to talk about it? We forgot to mention these beautiful creatures, these amazing, majestic beasts. Um, and, and this is why we're having this conversation now, why I chose to uh, create this podcast now, um, because I wanted to wait. I wanted things to simmer down because some people are pro-Carol, pro-Joe, pro-Saf, pro all these people, but it's not about them. It's not about you liking them me liking them, you disliking them, me disliking them. 
It's about the real king, and that's the tigers, a big cat. And before I close this episode, um, I want to remind and recap the last 10 minutes of the series. Um, In those 10 minutes, there was a lot that was powerful, and you could tell who, in fact, really cared most about the animals, and that was um, their animal keeper, Saf, who, by the way, um, happens to be transgender and throughout the documentary was completely disrespected by using wrong pronouns. Um, That's a different conversation. And if you're wondering why it's disrespectful to misgender someone who is transgender, uh, you can listen to my podcast, Transparent. It was already published a few episodes ago, so... Back to the last 10 minutes, um, Saf says, nobody wins. Nobody has won. Um, everybody that has been involved in this documentary, involved in the, um, working with Joe, um, they stress that not a single animal benefited from all this. This war between Carol Baskin and Joe, this war between, you know, the, the big cat sanctuary and the facility he worked at. Um, it's very tragic, to say the least, that um, many animals are wrongfully murdered um, at these locations because they outgrown their space, because they become too burdensome. Um, to take care of. Um, And I I just hope that once this uh, pandemic simmers and dies out, that the real cause for action will take place. Uh, Real um, conversation means, um, once again, put out a voice for these animals that are so beautiful, so powerful, And it blows my mind to think that this animal can crush your skull and can rip your arm out and and kill you um, to be held in a cage, suffering and, and, and missing out on its truth. It's truth to be out in the world free, to be out in the truth and roam and hunt and, and flourish the way a big cat should. Um, it's really sad with hunters and poachers and people that, you know, kill for sport. Um, something has to really, really be done. Things have to change. Um, every species in this earth, um, is very important, holds its weight, um, to this whole, uh, system of life. And we need to be able to respect, uh, respect life, not just human life, but all living walks of life. Um, so... Let's not forget the real victims, which are the cats, and the real heroes, people that care about them, like you, who spent their time listening to this podcast, for people like me, who chose to use your platform to put the magnifying glass over it, and for people that actually are doing something about it. Whether you love to hate her or love to love her, Carol Baskin and her husband are really doing something great for these animals. Um, and I hope that they will succeed with this bill um, and that the bill does pass and that people like our higher ups, such as our Senate, our state, our president, will look at this and believe that there is a conversation that must be had and that 
they can see the value of people that care, that care about the well-being of everyone that shares this same air that we breathe in this beautiful planet we call Earth. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, Please do not forget to follow A Girl Talks podcast on Instagram. Uh, The handle is A Girl Talks. You will find motivational quotes and posts on there. Um, Please tell a friend. Make sure to tune back in and see if there are any new episodes. And also, I would love to hear from you. Um, please email a girl talks podcast at gmail.com where you can make story submissions. You can submit the next topic ideas. I want whoever is listening to feel a part of it as it continues to grow. Thank you for your time. Stay safe. Stay blessed. And most of all, stay positive during these times. Nothing but love.